leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Oh, Lord, you're so involved in everything, Lord, every aspect. You take the initiative, Abba, Father, to take care of your little ones. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We can count on you, Lord, for rest. We can count on you for refreshment, for restoration, for righteousness. Hallelujah. We have everything in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. Even there you're with us, Lord. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us, they guide us, they keep us, they protect us. You bring us out and you prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. You anoint our heads with oil. Our cup overflows. Oh, the blessing of the Almighty God, the blessing Abraham received from you, Lord, that followed him. Surely goodness, surely, for sure, certainly, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is success, to know you, Lord, to love you, regardless of our station in life, regardless and irrespective of whether we have things or not. As the Apostle Paul learned the secret of the real fulfillment and joy, may that be our portion, Lord, to realize it doesn't matter what material things we have or what we don't. It doesn't matter what the next-door neighbor has or doesn't have. It doesn't matter how we appear to the world. As long as Jesus is seen through us, hallelujah, that is our life and the power the glory from God. Hallelujah. We're living for you, Lord, because you've saved us from our mess. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We can live in righteousness and joy and holiness. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days all the days of my life. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days, all the days of my life. All the days, all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and I shall sing of his mercies spread for me surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days all the days of my life. All the days, all the days of my life. Thank you, Father. Blessing your children. In Jesus' precious name, thank you for setting our eyes straight, Lord, to look straight ahead, not to the right or left. Straight at Jesus. 
You are the goal. Hallelujah. You are the end of the law. You are perfection, Lord. And we get transformed. Glorious face. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Look full, not a glance, but fully, directly at His glorious face. All the things that used to vie for attention, all the things that were hollow in cheap thrills that billions go after with no satisfaction, with a continual greed for more and more and more satisfaction, but never finding it. Not in money, not in pleasure, not in fame, not in anything. We are the few God has chosen in this world because when His grace came to us, hallelujah, we surrender to Him. The disciples asked the Lord, Lord, are there a few that will be saved? He said, strive to enter in. Many go through the broad way. Only a few go through the narrow path, the path that leads to life. Hallelujah. Only a few find it. And glory be to God, God has given us directions. He said, strive to enter in. At once when the master gets up, he'll shut the door. There's an effort that we must put in to make sure we're walking with God by His grace. And then there's a window where we can get in and then it'll be closed. We are in the kingdom of God right now because we have received the Lord Jesus Christ. But we haven't physically gone into the kingdom. Not yet. For that we must be faithful to the end. We must strive and put every effort to make sure we don't listen to any lie of the devil coming through anyone, especially those who are supposed to be religious and Christian. The Bible says, let no one deceive you. For because of these things comes the wrath of God on the children of disobedience. That means there was deception available at that time. Ephesians chapter 5, it says this, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and has given himself for us in offering and a sacrifice, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. His whole life, He gave His life, His blood. But fornication, sexual immorality, and all uncleanness, or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, 
unclean person or greedy person, covetous man, who is a worshipper of images, an idolater, has any part, any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Notice the next verse in Ephesians 5, verse 6. The apostle, giving the pure truth from heaven, gives a caution. He says, let no one deceive you with empty words. He's not talking about the world. Primarily, the world will always try to get us back, Satan. But he's talking about Satan in the churches. People who say, oh, that's legalistic. God forgives. Who's eligible to go to heaven? Who of us can ever be perfect? And we'll always have something. And Otherwise, we can't make it to heaven. He has to forgive everything every time. The Spirit of God says here in Ephesians 5, 6, Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes on the sons of disobedience. That means no matter who says they're Christian, especially our relatives, or people we know from church and people who consider themselves Christians and Protestants and evangelicals, whatever label in defense they want to make of their own Christianity. They cry, stop judging me. God knows my heart. I love God and He loves me. Saved by grace. The same Savior says, speaking by the Spirit of God through the Apostle Paul, don't let anyone deceive you with empty words. If anyone is sexually immoral, doesn't matter how much they evangelize, how much they read their Bibles, how much they pray. If they are sexually immoral, verse 5 says in 6, they will not make it to heaven. They have no part in the kingdom of Christ and of God. If anyone is an unclean person, see, it's speaking of adultery, fornication, activity outside of marriage, but also outside and within marriage, uncleanness will not make it to heaven. No one who holds uncleanness will make it to heaven. And no one who is greedy, doesn't matter how much they have done for the kingdom of God, if their eyes flash when they see the dollar sign, if in their hearts they're after property, 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 and material gain, the latest gadgets, something's wrong. That person is an idolater. How important it is for us to check ourselves and say, Lord, I don't want any of this stuff latching onto me, Lord. On Judgment Day, I don't want to be left out because I was actually trying to serve two gods. Let no one deceive you. Remember this. When you hear any relative, whether son or daughter, or husband or wife, uncle who may be a bishop somewhere or a pastor this, doesn't matter. Beginning with ourselves, we need to know for sure. There's a possibility that we can be deceived. And that's why the Spirit of God says this in verse 6, Ephesians 5. Let no one deceive you. Don't be deceived. Don't be duped with empty or vain words, lies. What does he mean? Well, the rest of the verse shows that. 
It says, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. That means that the empty words of deception comes from people who claim to speak for God, but they tell others, you're not going to go to hell if you're immoral. Jesus died for your morality. And he knows you can't help it. And look, you're better. You used to watch 10 dirty movies a week and now you're down to two. I think that counts for something, doesn't it? The Bible says, not even a hint of sexual immorality. Otherwise, you're not making it to heaven. That's what it says. Not a hint of uncleanness. Otherwise, we're not making it to heaven. Not a hint of greed. Otherwise, we're not making it to heaven. I don't know in my whole Christian life, for many, many years, if I've ever heard this preached, this verse. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God cometh on the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. God cares. That's why he gives a warning. We must be faithful to fear God and to know there is no playing around. We either serve the Lord. A lot of people have this sad self-definition for serving the Lord. Immediately they think about doing ministry. The first way we serve God, the primary fundamental way, is to be clean inside and to love God with all our hearts. Apart from that, everything else will be rejected by God. You can jump on a plane, go to the other side of the world, spend 365 and a quarter days going all over, evangelizing, investing millions just to get people to come to Christ. Meanwhile, if we carry a dirty heart, none of that will count. It will stand as a testimony against us on Judgment Day. It's very clear. God says, be holy because I'm holy. That's the first thing. We need to make sure that we are right before God. That's why early in the morning, the Spirit of God brings these things and late in the evening. To make sure we're in the straight and narrow path. We're not getting deceived and getting off track. Secondly, we need to faithfully hold the message. Don't water it down. Don't modify it because it's your close loved one who's actually in the wrong. They're trying to convince you, mom, dad, husband, wife, I'm doing good. I love God. I want to repent. Well, if you haven't, it's no good. You either repent or you don't. You're either walking in holiness or you're not. You're in the righteous path. He leads me in the path of righteousness. You're either on that path or you're not. There's no middle ground. We have to get that deep in our hearts and be able to faithfully, like John the Baptist, in the spirit of Elijah, tell the people if we care. Tell them. Ephesians 5, 6 says, is a possibility, there's a great possibility that you can be deceived. And I'm telling you, my loved one, because I care, don't be deceived because God has given fair warning. Be righteous. Walk in holiness. Do not love money. Do not love material gain. Don't 
look for your name to be known anywhere. Let Christ be magnified. There's a competition. It's very subtle sometimes, and sometimes to those who are anointed, when we hear the talk, it's very overtly visible. Even in spiritual matters, and especially in spiritual matters, the devil can give us a pseudo, a false religious high and a seeking after glory. In the name of seeking after the glory of God, we're actually looking for self-glory too. That is a mixture that will be rejected by God. It's dangerous. We need to really let the Spirit of God work in our hearts. Lord, I want to disappear and dissolve. I want the honor that you have for me, but I understand it's in the Lord Jesus. I would love to be among those people, Lord, that you will hold up as a trophy and say, look, my faithful, diligent one. But may my heart never look at myself in the mirror and feel good and congratulate myself and make sure other people see me too. It's a dangerous thing, very dangerous. Cannot be overemphasized. How utterly humble we must be before the Lord. And no, there's always a possibility, even the elect, it says if it were possible, the devil try to deceive them. The only ones that will not be deceived are the ones who hear messages like these and say immediately, God, you're talking to me. It's good that I've been warned. But it's not enough to say, enough to say that. Like Hezekiah. Oh, it'll, it's good. It's not going to happen in my lifetime. I understand there's going to be negative repercussions. There's going to be consequences. There are going to be a lot of things troubling my generation, my future posterity. But I'm glad it's not going to happen in my lifetime. It's not good. We need to say, Lord, I don't want to pass down any evil to my generation because of pride. Oh my God, and how beautiful. The alternative is there to follow people who follow the living God. Like Paul, like Daniel, like Joseph, like Job. All these people, like the Lord Jesus Himself. If we want to be 100% certain that we're going to make it to heaven, you see, we're in the kingdom of God now, spiritually, but not physically, not yet. We have to make sure we are actually in heaven when the time is up. For that, the Lord says, strive to enter in. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, I did all of this in your name. They said, depart from me. You work as of evil. I don't know you. Many will come and knock, but when once the master gets up and closes the door, it's over. The believers need to know that Ephesians was not written to the unsaved. It was written for me and for you. God saying in Ephesians 5, 6, Christian, child of God, dearly loved children of God, be imitators of God as dear children. He's talking to children that God loves. But the Spirit of God says, make sure no one deceive because there will be wolves in sheep's clothing coming along. Whether ministers or other Christians, 
books you read, videos you see, sermons and seminars, they're all over the place, polluting people, deceiving them, poison everywhere. But we can never go wrong if we read the word as it is and listen to only messages that are true from the Spirit of God. We'll be able to pick up the counterfeit when it comes. When somebody says, well, you know, my son is doing better today than yesterday. The question is, is he in or out? You see? Heaven's gate marks the demarcation, if you will, between heaven and hell. So a person can go 15 steps closer to heaven, whereas maybe yesterday they were 75 steps away. But they're still not in. They can even get up to the gate and say, I've been reforming myself, reforming myself, and I see that it's foolish for me to do certain things, and I really don't like it. I think I'll change over New Leaf. And everybody's excited and congratulates them. Praise God. God's mercy is on you. You see, you're convicted. And that's a sign that the Spirit of God is with you. Judas was convicted too. The devil was all over him and in him. We need to know if a person is not walking with God, they're not walking with God. That means they're walking with the devil. So no amount of self-reformation will help anyone to get into heaven. Only repentance. Hallelujah. A resolve and a following up with that, saying no more of me running my life. Jesus, I surrender all to you. Take everything, Lord. I don't want anything in this life. Even if it means that I'll be poor and alone in the worst conditions. Oh God, if I have you in my heart that I received you truly and I love you more than this world, more than my comfort, more than my pleasures, more than all of my ego and anything and anyone else. The Lord said, if anyone desires to come after me, he turned around to the crowd. They were following him. He told a couple of parables and then he turned around, it says, and he looked at the crowd. It's in Luke's Gospel. And he said, let me tell you, whoever comes to me and does not hate his mother, father, himself, cannot follow me. How, how clear the gospel is. How clear. We need to make sure that we understand it exactly as the Lord gave it. And then we'll be able to faithfully tell our loved ones and others so that they'll know exactly how the road looks and what to do to get on that road to life. We don't want to be the cause of someone going to hell because we deceived them by telling them a distorted gospel. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, what things? Immorality, uncleanness, and greediness. Because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the Son's of disobedience, people that disobey God. His wrath is right over their heads. If we preach it as it is, yes, we have to tell people Jesus loves you. And yes, there are times the Lord will help us to present it in a way that the person needs to hear it, but never ever deny the truth. Never ever distort the truth. 
they must know at some point, if you don't repent, this loving Jesus is going to become your enemy forever. Get on his good side now. If we don't understand it that way, and if we don't present it at some point that way, how will people ever know how urgent it is? How will they ever know that this is a matter of life and death? I've got to stop sinning, and I need the Savior to help me, and I'll do whatever it takes, whatever it takes, to stop sinning against the Lord. Destroying myself, my family. We've got to come to that point and say, Lord, it's you that's missing in my life. I've lived a cursed life with a fake religion, Lord. I admit it. Zacchaeus was bold. This man that had all that clout in society, all the money, he threw away pride, self-image, ego. He said, I'm cut to the heart. I'm not going to miss this. Jesus is right here. Lord, I want you. Lord, should you have me? I've become your life now. Lord, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you that I'm sincere, Lord. I'm going to turn my life around with your help and do opposite to how I've been living. Hallelujah. That is what caught the Lord's attention. He said, this day, salvation has come into this house. Hallelujah. This day, salvation has come to you, your house. God looks at us, all of us, and He says, because I love you, I came down from heaven. To do what you can't do for yourself. How does that happen? Grace is given. Without grace, none of us can repent. None of us. But God's grace comes with the message, the gospel. So we can take that grace and use it. This man was a son of Abraham. He was a Jew. The Lord came looking for him. He couldn't see Jesus because of his stature. He threw all that self-respect image. Oh, cursed image. Self-image. Cursed self-image. Not only is it a detriment to get into heaven, but for believers, it's a stumbling block. We need to praise God anytime, anywhere, and know my life is in my flesh because of God's mercy. I am not ashamed of Him. I don't care who threatens me with what. Jesus is my Lord. Hallelujah. Now speak it anywhere, everywhere. There are people right now in Nigeria, in Pakistan, many places. They got the pink slip. We found out you're a Christian. Get out of here. But I've been working here 15 years. Get out of here. You're worse than a dog. They spit on their faces. They have to go home. Tell the family. Lost my job. And you can't go and work in McDonald's like here. Often that means the whole family can end up starvation. 
the humiliation. I've worked honestly for this company or this organization 15 years, and all of a sudden, one day with no warning, they tell me to get out and spit on my face. No severance pay, nothing. They just rob me. Why? You're a Christ follower. And the devil comes and says, go back. Don't be a fool. Your wife and your four, five, six, seven children are going to die of starvation. God understands. Go back and fall down at your boss's feet and say, I'm so sorry. I don't know how you found out, but I promise I won't say anything about that way, about Isa and Jesus. And, and I'll even sign a paper that says I'm, I'm not a Christian. I secretly pray to God and say, Lord, forgive me. At that point, that person will be headed to hell. Because Jesus said, if you don't confess me before men, neither will I confess you before my Father which is in heaven. But you know what? So many of our brothers and sisters are undergoing severe persecution. Up to death. Up to death. We can't stop drinking here. We can't stop watching immoral, immoral movies. We can't stop being lazy and arrogant. Is it not the greatest incongruity, imbalance? The people who have character have to go through so much on the other side of the world. We're here living it up in foolishness and filth, not understanding. We're a heartbeat away from hell. We've been given so much. We need to have the fear of God because God doesn't play games. But the window is open. Hallelujah. The window is still open. So we can get in and we can tell our loved ones exactly how to get, get in. To be careful not to be deceived. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Totally unplanned. God's giving the word. It's good medicine for my soul. I hope it is for you too. The medicine can be good. It depends on the recipient also, whether it will do any good. Blessed be the rock. We want to be different. We want to please God. And many of you are pleasing God. You're seeking to please God. God wants to tell you, don't stop pleasing God. Be very careful. Do not become lukewarm. Don't take a backward step. Don't look to the side or to the left. Go straight ahead on the path of righteousness. God doesn't want your flowery prayers or your flowery journal writing. He doesn't want mine either. He wants to see what we're actually thinking, actually doing. That'll speak volumes to the Lord. And then we can write and pray beautiful prayers and beautiful words because God will know it's actually real. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.